to Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybal Inc. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here once again with Howard Tybal. Pleasure to see you again, Pete. As always. I am very excited for this conversation uh, today. We are continuing uh, our ongoing series on governance. And today we have now a friend of the show to join us uh, and share his wisdom from his seat, Dr. George Martin, President, St. Edward's University. Thank you, Dr. Martin, once again for joining us on Navigating Change. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you, Pete, and also uh, with Howard. But mostly with Pete, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, you know, I wonder if you could if you could kick off this conversation answer or just reflecting on, on this question. From your perspective, in the context of governance, what do you need from your board? I, I think I think that uh, it's really a mutual need. The board uh, brings uh, the perspective of uh, constituencies outside the university, uh, and that's an important perspective against which to measure a university's success. Uh, and uh, it also brings uh, expertise. Uh, which doesn't necessarily lie within uh, the university. So I, I think uh, those two expectations uh, in the in an ongoing dialogue is uh, what makes the Board of Trustees uh, uh, an effective uh, leadership uh, group for the university. Now, Howard, we had talked uh, in, in part of this series, we had spoken about this this issue and the, the role of the, the extra board uh, experience and what they bring uh, to the table. Um, what is your sense of of how this leadership uh, role works in support of of leading the governance and leading the institution? Well, you know, as Dr. Martin knows, uh, every institution is unique, and even if you parse it and say, "Well, what is the what is the experience of the board?" Uh, president relationship in a private small institution or a denomination school. If you took those schools and you looked at each one, it is so unique. Part of it is it's very much about, uh, as Dr. Martin has shared with me in the past, about relationship. So the, the dynamic between the board and the president, if you think about it in very simple terms, the board's role ultimately uh, is to really protect sort of the fiduciary responsibility and protect the sort of the ongoing evolution of this institution moving in the right direction. But their job is also to be connected to the strategy, and they, and they have a great opportunity to play a role in, in helping guide the strategy. You know, where, where it gets challenging, but it's sort of part of the inherent tension, is – how much do boards need to be involved? I have worked with institutions where boards are very unengaged, and the dilemma the president has is we've got to find a way to get them more involved. And we're not just talking about giving, but really being part of being at these quarterly board meetings and really participating and bringing ideas. And I've seen other situations on the other extreme where boards are – over-engaged, and they want to sort of get into the mechanics of how you get the work done. Because these are often very competent, very accomplished individuals, uh, those who come from, in many cases, the corporate sector. So there is a very normal, inherent tension in finding that right balance. And the president has a role with the 
whoever in this case becomes is the current chair to sort of craft that relationship and evolve it. So, you know, for, from your vantage point, Dr. Martin, having been at St. Edwards, you've had many years of practice to really sort of see sort of how the board evolves and learning how to work with that board. Tell us a little bit about what that process has been like for you over your, over your tenure at St. Edwards. Uh, well, you know, I, I agree with you that uh, there's a great distinctiveness uh, among universities, perhaps not unique, but at least distinctive. Um, and I've gone through uh, a number of uh, discussions over the years uh, at the Harvard program at AGB and uh, other such organizations talking about board, uh, presidential board uh, administration relationships. Um, and, and I found the models somewhat uh, helpful, but yet none of them quite fit. Uh, and, I, and I think that's what you mean when you, when you talk about uh, how distinctive institutions are. Uh, it's almost a given always that uh, as the governing authority, uh, the board does things like hire the president, fire the president, uh, lead uh, particularly uh, in the area of fiduciary responsibility. But uh, you can't possibly do that as a board uh, unless you get involved in the uh, development of the strategic directions of the university. And I think this is the, the area where the president and the board can uh, interact most effectively. Uh, and if you, you focus it on strategic direction, that's when you uh, stay in the realm of policy. And that guards against the dangers uh, that uh, we run into quite often, where a board gets too engaged or a board is not engaged enough. I think uh, the board, uh, if it's asked to do strategic thinking about where the university should move, uh, thinks that important enough, feels uh, competent enough in that that broad perspective uh, to bring uh, valuable uh, information and observations from their own background, uh, professional and personal. Uh, and they also then uh, just naturally get the, the guideline about uh, where one doesn't necessarily have to go beyond that the particular policy discussion, because if he or she does, the board member is going to uh, be uh, stepping into uh, unnecessary interference with decisions that are uh, best done by management. What you often find with new board members is there's an education process of what our roles are. I mean, a lot of lot of boards that I have observed either or either worked with, they have a whole various way of representing. Uh, here's what our role is. Here's what we're involved in, and and really educating the board to. Here's how we want to contribute. And very often it's anecdote versus sort of institutional knowledge that we keep building on. And, and in your tenure, I would imagine that what you've done is you've built some very strong partnerships. And as new people come on, they begin to learn how the relationships work. And as chairs uh, transition to other chairs, what you hope what you hope for is that you're passing the baton the baton to the next leader who you're going to work closely with. You know, ultimately the dilemma, like anything else, is you know there's a tenure for a president, there's a tenure for a board chair, and when those transitions happen, 
some of the danger is you find yourself having to start all over again. And I think one of the challenges I'm thinking about is I'm personally preparing for leading a workshop for HEB on how do you get started on dealing with change is how do you preserve some of the traditions that you have built uh, in your board and worth your board so that when leadership changes, you can, you can move with that versus having to start over. Yeah, I, I think it is um, just uh, uh, absolutely necessary uh, to create with the board in an inclusive, transparent process a strategic plan for the institution that is aligned with the institution's mission. And then to just consistently, every single board meeting, update the board on progress in this strategic plan and to provide the, the board with a, a dashboard so that it can actually follow uh, the extent to which the, the university is uh, successful in executing the strategic plan and understanding that that strategic plan uh, is really advancing the mission of the university. Uh, ultimately, that's the course of decision-making and activity uh, that every institution needs, no matter who's president, no matter who's chair of the board, no matter who's a member of the board. Uh, and if one can really build uh, uh, an, an institutional um, uh, practice uh, where that is, uh, uh, or behavior, where that is consistently part of what's going on in the governance process, uh, I think that's something that be, can be carried forward no matter who is part of the university. You know, and as I listen to you talk and describe this, th you're describing a discipline that I can tell you is is not common, that that level, uh, it's one thing to have a strategic planning process and then you engage the board. It's another thing to do that and then we put it to bed and then we get back to our regular board and committee meetings where they often get into the weeds and do not sort of raise it back to the level of how is where we are contributing to the strategic direction of where we're going? And I think what you're saying is if we're going to do this well and we're not going to sort of fall into personalities, we're going to keep it about strategy and we're going to have a regular discipline about ensuring we come back to those big le higher level conversations. And I can tell you that is aspirational for some schools, that, that they are not there. And I find it um, – I find it fascinating and, and actually inspiring to hear that that's how you're approaching this because I don't think it's uh, I don't think that's uh, necessarily common. I think it's very hard to do well. There is nothing that we do, Howard. Nothing that we do that we don't that, that in, in terms of working with the board, where we don't present it in the context of strategic plan and mission. We don't present a balanced budget only. We present a balanced budget that is designed to accomplish the strategic ends of the university within the context of mission. We do the same thing when we set the class size for the entering freshman class. We do the same thing when we set the budget uh, for financial aid. Every new academic program is put into that context. Uh, so the, this discussion uh, about strategic priorities and mission 
uh, is integrated into every conversation we have with them. Uh, and if that helps them to keep the focus uh, away from uh, things that might be individual preferences uh, or distractions um, and, uh, and, and keeps the university moving forward in a, in a commonly understood and accepted way. Now, how well do you think that goes to to sort of answer the other end or the converse of the question I, I opened the show with? Uh, to continuously, it sounds like that continuously redefines or at least reestablishes the board's expectations of you uh, in your efforts to kind of take ownership of that conversation. Well, that's true, uh, but that's exactly what the president is supposed to do: uh, is to to help facilitate adjustment. Uh, to changes internally, to changes in the external environment. Uh, and that helps the board then keep current on how uh, the university is adjusting uh, strategically uh, in the context of its mission. You know, I, I take uh, um, just about every board meeting, uh, we look to uh, at least a portion of it talking about uh, issues that are in the media. Uh, issues that are being raised uh, in the environment by political leaders, et cetera. Um, because inevitably, board members uh, get bombarded with that and begin to ask themselves the question, well, how are we relating to that? What are we doing about that? How are we uh, responding to that? Uh, and uh, it's best not to leave them guessing. Uh, and more important, let's let them know what we're doing and let's give them an opportunity uh, to give us their feedback and their observations uh, so that we get some uh, external uh, thinking and viewpoints rather than uh, just uh, internal viewpoints. You know, so Dr. Martin, I was wondering, you know, in this context, we're, we're focusing very much, rightfully so, on the relationship between the board of trustees uh, and the or directors and the president. What about shared governance, which is in many ways uh, something that is both a, a powerful check and balance, but is also under a lot of scrutiny and, and sometimes can be a force for change and other times an, 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 you know, a, a way that holds back change. So I'm curious about how you have handled shared governance uh, for your institution? Well, I, I think that uh, shared governance is one of the most difficult things for board members who don't have an academic background to understand. And it is also equally misunderstood, I think, uh, by faculty. I can't tell you the number of times that faculty has asked me what I wanted uh, about an academic program. Uh, when I have to turn to them and say, that's your responsibility to make the recommendation about the academic program. And, and then I have to tell board members, <clears throat> no, we can't do it that way. We need to have some kind of recommendation on faculty as a result, from faculty as it results to uh, academic programs. So I, I think uh, the, the role of the president is to continue to clarify this. Uh, in uh, ongoing conversations uh, with the faculty and the board. I think that shared governance uh, can be an enormous resource for the university. It basically allows you to take advantage of the tremendous minds uh, and intellectual power uh, that uh, uh, is on your faculty uh, and to use that for uh, advancing the university. 
the the challenge is how can you uh, basically uh, hem that in in a, in a way uh, so that it can uh, uh, be used uh, as a uh, a force for change and a force for the future rather than um, a distraction from strategic thinking uh, or a drag on the university moving forward. You know, as I listen to you, it, it occurs to me that sometimes what's out there, there there's, a, there's a lot of conversation about sort of the inherent tension between academics and administration. And I wonder in listening to you if sometimes we make that bigger than it really is. You know, you, you talk to faculty members and you find that in many cases, probably in most cases, they're willing to uh, participate, but they want to be part of the process. They want to be understood and vice versa. Administrators want and academics to understand that they have a role to play in serving the mission of the institution. And unfortunately, on the media and, you know, sometimes the loudest voice gets the most attention, I think we give this impression that there is a lot of tension there when maybe, in fact, it's not as big as we think it is. It sounds to me like you manage this at St. Edwards in a very respectful way, and as a result of this, there, there is the kind of dialogue that makes shared governance a, a powerful tool. And I think that's the key word, Howard, dialogue. I think we've got all different kinds of parties talking about shared governance and not sufficient amounts of dialogue. If you engage faculty in dialogue about shared governance, what I have found uh, is that they become a wonderful resource and a great partner in uh, moving the interest of the university forward. You know, we talk about the, the you know, the pace of change. You have this, um, you know, a unique perspective having served as, as president of the institution for 16 years. If you had the opportunity to go back in time and meet the young Dr. Martin, about to take his position as president with the university uh, in 1999, what would you share with him in terms of advice on building a solid relationship with, uh, with the board? I, I think I would say just don't get too uptight. Don't regard every time uh, a board member, in your opinion, interferes in an inappropriate way. Don't make a major issue out of it. Relax a little bit. Just give it some time. Give it some discussion. Most of these things just work themselves out. Don't go running to the the board chair and say, "Hey, Howard is doing this. He's asking this question. He's making these suggestions." You know what? If you just continue to talk with Howard a little bit, all of that kind of just evens out. It's the, just the best way to have a conversation, and that's really what it is. Good conversations. Uh, developing good relationships. Yeah, I love that I finally get to be the difficult board member. I was just <laughs> going to celebrate that. <laughs> and I also love the simplicity of your comment, which is really, you know, the the, the wisdom of experience, you know, and I think that I think that's probably true for all of us as we get older and we get more experience in what we do, is that we enter in something uh, you know, I, I, I was just uh, – one quick anecdote to build off what you just said, Dr. Martin. I was sending somebody out to do a project uh, yesterday, and she was the first time she was going to be on it. And I said, listen, you don't have to prove yourself. All you have to do is really go in there and listen and, and build relationship by understanding where they're up to. 
And, and I think very often when we're new and young at something, we believe we have so much to prove. Mm-hmm. And the longer we do the work we do, the more we realize, you know what, maybe we can relax. So I love that advice, Dr. Martin. I think that's a great advice for any, any new president uh, taking on their role. I do talk to new presidents. Some of them are my um, mentees uh, because I've known them when they were junior administrators. And, and that frequently is the case. In their first year or two, they're, they're all exercised over one or two board members, and you just have to kind of reassure them, relax, it'll, it'll work itself out. Every board has a Howard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Martin, as always, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to, to join us here on Navigating Change. We certainly appreciate your time and attention to this, uh, to this issue. Well, thank you, too. I enjoyed it very much. And Howard, uh, thank you, as always, for uh, lending your voice to this fantastic series. I can't wait till, uh, till we jump into our next episode. This Absolutely. has been great. And I'm going to start becoming the difficult co-host. Count on it, because I'm now going to be the relaxed one. So you got it. Uh, thank you, everybody, for downloading and subscribing to the show. Uh, you can find out more about us at tybalink.com. You can subscribe for free in the iTunes podcast directory. And, you know, if, if you like this, if, it, it, if you found that this conversation has sparked something for you, we'd appreciate it. A kind rating and review and, and share it with others that you think would benefit from hearing, uh, hearing this dialogue and the wisdom of Dr. George Martin. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. On behalf of Dr. Martin and Howard Teibel, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week on Navigating Change, the podcast from Teibel, Inc. Mm-hmm.